0: Welcome, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Law of Self-Defense. I am, of course, Attorney Andrew Branca for the Law of Self-Defense. Thank you. Thank you very much. That is greatly appreciated. My apologies for being muted when we started up. I don't know why that happened. But as always, I know all of you come here for the production value of these shows more than anything to do with legal analysis. So glad you're all here. So glad you're all here. So you've many of you have probably seen this video that came out. I've seen it uh, various places. I think it started on TikTok of two men getting into a confrontation at the gas line at Costco. Many of you will be Costco members. I've been a Costco member since... I'm actually going to look at my card. It's been a minute. I've been a Costco member since 1993. Holy cow. That's 30 years. Last year. 31 years now. 1993. And uh, many of the Costco's, not all of them, I don't think, but many of them have gas pumps associated with them where members can get gas at a discount Uh, And they're often, those pumps are often very, very busy. Presumably because of the discount on the price for Costco members. Uh, And there's often often long lines. And what happens when people are in long lines? They get impatient. Tempers flare, especially, especially if somebody cuts the line. And that appears to be what happened here. Uh, One gentleman cut the line at Costco. Another driver took offense, they had words, and the words quickly escalated into a physical confrontation involving the deployment of deadly weapons over gas. So what we're looking at today is, we'll take a look at the video, what happened. Uh, and then we'll explore some scenarios and ask the question of would this have been lawful for either of these gentlemen to deploy the deadly weapons as they did? Under a couple of different scenarios, because there's certain important facts here that, at least to my eye, are ambiguous. I'm, I'm not sure what the facts are. So we'll explore those alternatives. And uh, with that out of the way, we'll go ahead and get today's show started. All right. So, before we jump in, the sponsor of today's show is none other than Law of Self-Defense Itself, our best-selling book, The Law of Self-Defense Principles, the handbook to making yourself hard to convict if you're ever compelled to use force in defense of yourself, your family, your property. But you need to read it before you use the force. That's key. Read it now. It doesn't help you afterwards. Afterwards, it's too late. Check it out on Amazon. Five-star rated, bestseller in its category, but don't buy it on Amazon. Amazon will charge you 20 or $25 for the book, plus shipping and handling. We will give you the book for free. We only ask that you cover the cost of shipping the book to you. You can get this at lawofselfdefense.com slash free book or scan that QR code on the screen in front of you with your phone. It'll pop you right over to the appropriate page. Yeah, you do need to read it before you get into the fight, folks. I, I get letters from people in prison every month who somehow got a hold of my book after they were convicted and sentenced, telling me essentially, if I'd only known then what I know now after reading your book, I wouldn't be in prison. That's probably true, but none of us have a time machine, my friend. So get the book now before you find yourself in the fight at lawselfdefense.com slash free book. Easy enough, free book. All right. So, uh, and before we dive into the show, I just want to give you a heads up on the next couple of shows that we'll be doing. So tomorrow's show, Friday, January 5th, is going to be a platinum member Q&A show, and it'll be for Law of Self-Defense members only. So it won't be streamed on YouTube or Rumble or on Twitter, uh, only on the Law of Self-Defense dashboard, and. Our Platinum members are higher level of membership. These are people who get our legal consult services. They're involved in a fight at, at no cost to them. Um, many, many thousands of dollars worth of legal consult for free to our Platinum members. Uh, and they have a special Q&A they can use to submit their legal questions directly to me. And periodically, once every couple of weeks or so, we'll uh, grab uh, six or eight or ten of those Platinum member questions and we'll answer them in a live stream, but the live stream is for members only. So if you'd like to participate in that, you might consider going ahead and becoming a member, a standard member, doesn't have to be a platinum member, Uh, a standard member, 99 cents for a two-week trial, folks. Uh, You get unlimited member access to our content, including member-only shows like the one we're doing tomorrow. And after the two-week trial, it's still dirt cheap. It's only about 30 cents a day to be a law self-defense member, less than $10 a month at lawofselfdefense.com slash trial for that two-week trial membership. Or again, you can scan that QR code right there on your screen. So as I mentioned, I'm a Costco member. I actually rarely uh, fill up at the Costco pumps, although I did a couple days ago because I don't go over there all that often. It's a very occasional trip for me. Uh, But for those of you who may not be, Uh, here's a picture of a fairly representative Costco pump setup. So you have, um, you can see there's two pumps in a row there. So two cars can be gassing up at the same time, um, both on the left and the right of the pumps. Uh, And then there's a lane in the middle to travel down. You can see that that's where the gentleman in the hot shorts is uh, filling up his car. And ideally, what happens is a car pulls up to the further pump, and then a second car pulls up behind him to the nearer pump, and they both gas up and they both depart at about the same time. Now, I will say occasionally uh, this timing gets out of sequence and the front car will depart well before the rear car is done filling up. So the front space is empty. And sometimes the next car in line will take that center lane, get around the car that's filling up and get to the front position so they can start gassing up their car. I've done that myself. You do need to be careful. Like here, of course, you wouldn't want to strike the man in the shorts pumping his gas. Uh, and believe it or not, <laughs> I discovered researching for today's show that um, there's a lot of people who find that objectionable, hopping up to the empty spot in the front. If you were the next car in line to be objectionable, I, I don't really know why, as long as you're careful doing it. Um, and of course, as long as as long as you don't like angle your car in such a way that you block the ability of the car behind you to get out but i think if you do it in a responsible way it's fine it would be objectionable i think i I think where people get more trouble is where the the car that's next in line doesn't want to make that effort go down the center lane take the further pump um they don't want the hassle they're they're willing to be patient and wait but the car behind them is not and so the car that's third in line or fourth in line they skip out of line and jump up to the front there And there's a difference of opinion on the internet whether that's appropriate or not. I mean, the spot's just there empty. Nobody's taking it. I can see arguments on both sides. I don't think that's what we're dealing with in in this scenario. Um, In this scenario, I think what we have here is a gentleman who simply drove past all the queued vehicles and hopped in front of everybody. And the second driver took offense to this conduct. I I presume that's what's going on in the video we're going to watch. So... Let's go back now and take a look at the actual video of this confrontation. Uh, There's no uh, actual use of force here. There's threats of force. Um, What we'll see here is uh, you can actually see that it's the black car here on the left. That's the relevant vehicle. Uh, The person standing beside it is yelling at the driver. The driver doesn't like it. He's yelling at him about cutting in front of everybody. Um, Now, I will note that the person standing by the vehicle here yelling at the driver is open carrying a pistol on his hip. Now, it's an ambiguous question to me. It's not clear to me whether the dude in the car is aware of the pistol up until the moment that it's drawn and pointed at him. Uh, whether he's aware or not could change the analysis of this event. so we'll we'll look at both scenarios. But the guy yelling initially here is open carrying a pistol on his right hip. Uh, The guy in the car gets offended enough that he hops out of his vehicle, goes to the trunk, uh, and takes out what I believe is an asp baton or some form of expanding baton. You see his wrist flick uh, like you would do to uh, expand a baton. I I saw someone suggest it could be like a machete and he was flicking off the sheath. But i'm I'm gonna go with for our purposes with it being an expanding baton at which point this gentleman open carrying draws his pistol, points it at the driver with the baton, and right around there the the things end I, I presume there were not shots fired the the, the the fight ended there. So let's go ahead and play the video. there's there's no shots fired in this video. there's no gore. there's no actual use of force here. Um, so shouldn't need any kind of warning. Here we go. He just took cuts. Look at all those people over there. He took cuts in front of me. You okay, you, you know down what? Down. Hey, 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 hey. Sorry, hey, you need to try to fucking bring your bubble down and not give my face okay. up there. There is a line. Hey! Listen to anybody, don't come run up on my car yelling at me like that. And don't take cuts. You ran up on me, my guy. You need to back away. You need to back away you Have a gun? <laughs> Is that a gun? The people recording—is that a gun? Yeah, it's time to leave, folks. Don't don't hang around and record gunfights. That's a good way to catch a, uh, a stray round for sure. So. It's not clear to me that the driver of the black vehicle knows that the uh, the angry gentleman is armed with a pistol. Uh, I suspect if he did know, he he wouldn't have gone to the trunk for the baton. He, he would have known he was dealing with somebody with a gun. But let's do the analysis in both both ways. Let's, let's first presume the driver of the black car was not aware of the gun until it was drawn and presented at him. And then we can see how things change if he was aware of the gun. So... We have this. Whoops. I have to come over here. First of all, are you allowed? Oh, the car door is already open. See, car door is closed here when we start. And he's yelling. Are you allowed to verbally chastise someone for socially inappropriate behavior, like cutting the line at Costco's gas pumps? Well, sure, you're allowed to talk to people. I mean, just angry words. You're a jerk for cutting in line. Uh, that's not a crime. You're not threatening any harm to anybody. Um, by the way, is cutting the line at Costco's gas pumps itself a criminal act? No, it's, it's not. It's just rude. Uh, but so far, there's nothing criminal here. Again, presuming that the driver of the black car does not is not aware of this open carry. By the way, is this guy deliberately open carrying? Or do you think... He was just, you know, got in his car. Normally, he wears a jacket to conceal, right? Normally, he's a concealed carrier. When he gets in his car, he takes his jacket off. So he's sitting in his own car. He's not really open carrying uh, in the sense I would consider. Uh, but then he gets angry, and he hops out of the car, and he forgets he's got a pistol on him. He doesn't know he's showing the whole world the gun. That's that's completely possible here. By the way, I tried to find out where this was, um, and I was not able to. Uh, was not able to. So, <clears throat> back to the video. So the door here of the car is closed. This guy's yelling, yelling, yelling. You're a jerk. You're you're you cut in line of everybody. There's a whole line. Let's talk a little bit about managing unknown contacts, human contacts, engaging with with other people. Um, this dude, open caring, is loud. He's pissed. He's really is running up on this guy's car and getting in his face, right? That's not a crime, um, but is it going to be perceived a certain way by the person you're yelling at? Is it generally productive for one dude to start yelling at another dude? Are we likely to have a positive outcome from that interaction? Or are we likely to have this? Is the dude being yelled at? Is his ego likely to get engaged? His pride likely to get engaged? He doesn't have to take this from you. He's a man, isn't he? Is he going to yell back? So here we are. They're yelling. This dude gets out of his car. He's going to stand up quite a bit bigger, I would say. I don't know if he's heavier. <laughs> the open carry guy is pretty chunky, but quite a bit taller. Um, doesn't like being yelled at. He's going to start yelling back and forth. Uh, is this argument likely to be about the merits of what's happening? No. It's not. They're they're actually having two different arguments here. Uh, The guy open carrying is arguing about cutting the line, and the guy getting out of the car is arguing about being treated with disrespect. So, what kind of happy conclusion is likely to come from this conversation? Nothing. And then this dude decides, you know, I've had it. I'm going to escalate from mere verbal altercation to... Classic, literally getting in each other's faces, right? This is this is the monkey dance starting. This this kind of uh, physical expression, posturing, eyeballing. It's only getting worse. It's getting more intense. And this dude, you know, I've had enough. Pops his trunk, goes back there. Looks like to me like he's taking out like a like a duty belt of some kind. There's not a lot of stuff on it. and that's where he gets what I think is the baton. And he kind of flicks it out there behind him uh, to expand the baton. Now, um, it, it doesn't look like a cop's duty belt. There's not enough stuff on it. But it, he could be like, a I don't know, a, a private security guard of some kind, a loss prevention agent that is allowed to have a baton on on a belt. What he wears, you know, kind of a uniform. He's he's, he's almost wearing kind of a uniform here, like the all the black stuff. So maybe he just got, I don't know, out of... Walmart, his Walmart security gig, loss prevention agent gig, um and uh, so he when he left work, maybe he threw his duty belt in the trunk of the car. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. So I see people asking why even have the baton if you're not going to have it accessible if it's in the trunk. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Uh, anybody recognize that license plate there? That doesn't necessarily tell us where this happened. Is it Wisconsin? on that Kia on the left. But maybe if we saw more than one, it would help kind of maybe narrow it down. So anyway, he gets his baton out, and that's when this dude gets his gun out. One hand, backs up. Watch out for that curb, dude. Uh, And now the guy with the baton, obviously he doesn't want to get a sucking chest wound, so he's brought a baton to a gunfight, and he decides that's not a good idea. Things start to tone down. They're still justifying their positions to each other, but... See the hand, the flat hand there, the guy in the in the black? What's that mean? Right? Hey, 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 let's calm things down. I don't want to get shot. This car, that looks like a Lexus with the same style license plate. So I don't know, do any of my law self-defense members know where that, recognize that? Somebody says it's in Texas. Is that a Texas plate? It doesn't look like Texas to me. Um, And uh, yeah, so this guy leaves. I don't know if he leaves because of the gun. Yeah, she's looking behind her at the dudes. So they're getting out of there. Very prudent. Uh, And as far as we know, that's how things wrap up. There's, There's no death or serious bodily injury. So we're presuming that the guy in black doesn't know that there's an open carry here. If we presume that, what's this dude's justification for going and getting the baton out of the trunk? Because other than the potential of the open carry being an exacerbating factor here, if we presume it doesn't exist, let's pretend like I had a jacket on. You couldn't tell he had a gun on him. What's the justification for escalating a verbal confrontation to the display of a, a weapon, the baton? Nothing. And by the way, is an expanded baton a deadly weapon or is it a non-deadly weapon? Well, the truth is, it's both. I'm going to shrink this up a little bit since... uh, There we go. Hey, (laughs) I look bigger. Um, So is a baton, like here, a deadly weapon or a non-deadly weapon? And the truth is, it's both or it's either depending on the manner of its use. And this is one of the dangers of... Impact weapons, like a like a baton weapon. So, um, a gun is always going to be a deadly force weapon. There's there's no way to, the law just doesn't recognize shooting someone in a non deadly force way. Every, every bullet's going to be deadly force. A knife, used in an aggressive manner, a typically aggressive manner of a knife would invariably be deadly force. Um, but an impact weapon is different. An impact weapon could be deadly force or it could not be deadly force depending on the manner of its use. So you could imagine, for example, holding that baton in both hands in front of you horizontally to keep someone away or to push somebody. That's not likely to cause death or serious bodily injury. That would be a non-deadly use of a baton. But that same baton swung at somebody's head is absolutely likely to cause death or serious bodily injury traumatic brain injury from impact with the head or or death uh, those little asp clubs are they're vicious uh, when used in a deadly force manner so whether or not the asp is a deadly weapon is a function of its use here the guy appears to be preparing to swing it doesn't he from a low position so presumably up to a higher position as he rotates his body if i were facing that dude with the asp would i consider that application of that baton to be a threat of imminent deadly force absolutely absolutely so in this scenario where there's no apparent justification we're hypothesizing for the presentation of the baton does the guy who happens to have a gun on him have a legal privilege to present that gun at the man with the baton sure the dude with the with the gun is facing an imminent unlawful threat of deadly force harm, against which deadly defensive force would be appropriate. <clears throat> Certainly, um, yeah, we're presuming innocence here that the guy with the baton is the unlawful aggressor. Uh, imminence, someone with a baton, a step away, is clearly capable of imminently bringing it to bear. They have ability, opportunity, jeopardy. That's the definition of imminence, the element of imminence. By the way, these are the elements of self-defense. Innocence, imminence, proportionality, avoidance, and reasonableness. You can get this free. Free. Come on. It's somewhere here. This free five elements of self-defense law cheat sheet right there. Lawofselfdefense.com slash elements. So innocence is on the fa- in favor of the guy with the gun. Imminence, checked off for the guy with the gun. Proportionality, facing a deadly force threat. In this manner of use of the baton, so proportional deadly force defensive response would be appropriate. Avoidance. Um, I don't know where this is, so I don't know if this is a stand-your-ground jurisdiction or duty-to-retreat jurisdiction. But you, even in the 11 jurisdictions that impose a legal duty to retreat before you can use force and self-defense, that legal duty is only required if it's possible to do it with complete safety. Is it possible to retreat from this baton at this distance when it's already deployed and cocked to strike with complete safety? I mean, you can't walk backwards as quick as an aggressor can walk forwards. And of course, if you try to turn to run, so you're moving forwards, you've just exposed the back of your head to the baton. Uh, So I would suggest that even in the duty to retreat state, that wouldn't apply here. Uh, And then reasonableness. Is the guy with the gun perceiving what's happening accurately? in a reasonable way? And does he subjectively believe he's facing a threat? Uh, So uh, it would seem that the elements of self-defense here are in favor of the guy with with the gun. There is a problem, and that is that one can argue that, in fact, although the guy with the gun was not the first to deploy force, he did initiate this confrontation. He did contribute to the affray. So there's, there's, uh, there are clear cases of loss of innocence, and then there's more ambiguous arguments for loss of innocence. The clear case for loss loss of innocence would be the guy with the baton here. As, again, assuming he's not aware there's a gun in play, um, he would have no legal justification for going to the baton. He would be the unlawful physical aggressor, the first person to threaten or use physical force unlawfully. That loses him innocence. But there's a more ambiguous zone for losing innocence, too. And that is did you start the fight? Did you provoke the fight? Did you, some states call it contributing to the affray? Did you play a role in this getting off the ground? And then a prosecutor will argue that, hey, you can't defend yourself from a fight you started. Now, in that scenario, you didn't start it in the sense that you were the first to threaten or use force. Then you would have been the initial aggressor and clearly lost innocence. But it becomes a matter for the judgment of the jury of whether or not you hold some responsibility for things spooling up. This fight would never have happened but for this approach to the car and yelling at the guy for cutting in line. So might that be a prudent reason for not engaging in this kind of conduct, even if it's lawful to chastise someone for, for violating social norms that don't threaten anybody, but they're just someone being a jerk? I don't tell people what to do. I just want you to make an informed decision, folks. So how do things change? How would our analysis change? If the driver of the car were to say, Hey, this dude rushed up on my vehicle and he had a gun. In other words, he was aware of the open carry pistol. Does that change things? Well, Perhaps. I mean, there are now arguments that could be made that wouldn't be viable otherwise. Now, for example, the retrieval of the baton could be lawful. The driver of the car might say, hey, I was aware of that gun. This guy was really angry. It's right on his hip. I perceived an imminent threat that this angry guy with an obvious gun was putting me in imminent danger of death or serious bodily injury. By his demeanor, by his conduct. Ability, opportunity, jeopardy. Does the guy with the gun have the ability to cause deadly force harm? Well, sure, he's got the gun. Does he have the opportunity to bring the gun to bear? Well, he's right there. Jeopardy. Does his conduct suggest that he has an intent to bring the ability and opportunity to bear in an unlawful manner? Maybe. Right? It becomes thing of a judgment call by the people feeling threatened. And remember, the people judging the reasonableness of your acts later, they weren't there and they weren't in the fight and they don't really know what happened or how you really perceive things or how the other person really perceived things. All they're hearing are stories in a courtroom, stories being told by a prosecutor. Could a prosecutor tell this story? Sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> so it, does it seem reasonable that... Your response to an angry guy with a holstered gun would be to get out of your car and pop the trunk and and get a baton and have a baton versus gunfight. I mean, that doesn't seem very reasonable to me. But technically, are you privileged to use a baton to defend yourself against an unlawful threat of a gun? Sure. And folks, this is one of the reasons I'm not a fan of open carry. Uh, And I'm I'm not telling you not to open carry. If you want to open carry and it's lawful where you are, I mean, more power to you. Again, I don't tell people what to do. But when you're open carrying amongst other risks, like being a target for having your gun taken, which happens with some regularity, folks, uh, just the fact that other people know you have a gun changes their behavior towards you and not always in a good way, especially if you're engaged in some kind of confrontation with them. The gun changes the whole dynamic. The fact that they're aware of the gun has a tendency to escalate the energy of the confrontation, has a tendency to make them concerned that they may get shot. And maybe that concern is legitimate. And that changes their decisions in defense of themselves, the tools and weapons they might employ. Now, I've carried a gun every day of my adult life, I, everywhere it's been legal for me to do that, which has been everywhere I've lived, for sure. Some places I travel to, I can't carry, of course. But generally speaking, I have a gun on me, but I I, I personally would not carry a gun open I, unless, unless one caveat. If the only way for me to carry a gun lawfully was to carry it open, well, then I'd have to carry it open. I'd rather be open carrying a gun, you know, lawfully carrying a gun openly than not have a gun at all. Um, But if I have the option to lawfully conceal carry, I'm going to conceal carry. I don't want anyone to know I have that gun until, unless I need it in the moment of crisis. But the rest of the time, I don't want anyone to be aware that I've got a a pistol on my person. So, but again, if you want to open carry, go ahead and do it. Just, you know, make your informed decision and do whatever you think is best, presumably as long as it's lawful where you are. Another factor here, of course, is anytime you get into this kind of verbal confrontation with someone, you've just, you've actually lost control of what's happening because you don't control that other person's response. That other person's response is predictable. You may be in control of your emotions and your anger and your decisions to use force and be very rational, but you have no way to predict what that other person's going to be like. You think this guy, when he went up to yell at him for cutting the line, thought he was going to be facing a baton 15 seconds later? I doubt it. You think he might have made a different decision if he thought thought that possibility through? What if the guy in the car had had his own gun under that jacket? Then what? And he decides, well, you know, I'm not going to bother getting my uh, baton out of the trunk. I'm just going to draw my pistol and point it at this dude. And then the other dude has to, what, draw against a drawn gun? Those are not great odds. That's not a good situation. So it, keep in mind, it's not just your ego that we have to keep under control so that we're making emotionless decisions in self-defense is the is the, the best way to do it, not getting your ego or your pride engaged. But you have no control over that other person and whether their ego or pride gets engaged. I mean, maybe maybe... Maybe they're normally a fine person and they're just having a really bad day. Maybe they just found out that their wife is cheating on them or their child support doubled or they got fired from their job or whatever. Their kid has cancer. They got some terrible news, traumatic news. And they're just not in a proper state of mind. And they're sure as hell are not going to take shit from some stranger in a gas line for what? So. We have to be very careful about when we get into interactions that could be confrontations with other people because they may just spin out of control and we may find ourselves in a fight we didn't need to be in. Now, by the way, is it possible the driver of this black car actually just made a mistake? Maybe he was having a bad day and he literally didn't see the line of cars. Obviously, there was some kind of opening for him to pull up to the pump physically, or his car wouldn't be there. Is it possible he 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 just wasn't thinking and, and and it wasn't deliberate lack of consideration for the other he didn't deliberately cut in front of them and that's possible we don't we don't know but are you going to arrive at that conclusion by running up in his car and screaming at him? I mean, might it be more productive to say, hey, dude, you know, there's, there's a bunch of people waiting. And maybe that person would say, oh, sorry, I, I didn't see him. I've had that happen. I've stepped in front of people when I didn't know there was a line to get behind. Someone mentions it to me. I am like, oh, cool, sorry. But if someone steps up to you and starts screaming at you, that's that's a different interaction, right? Just on an emotional level. Um. And unfortunately, it's it's a too frequent reality in the gun community. There are a lot of people out there, especially when they first get their concealed carry permit. Um, and they have a sense that, oh, I, I can carry a gun. I can carry a gun on my person going about my day, which, of course, every every law-abiding, mentally sound American citizen should be free to do without licenses or fees or background checks. The bad guys don't do any of that. They're carrying around guns. Um, But they feel like, oh, I I have a gun. I can walk around the street with a gun. Now I don't have to take crap from anybody anymore. (laughs) The truth couldn't be more than the opposite. Uh, You actually have to take crap from everybody. Everybody, I would suggest, uh, except for the person trying to commit a felony offense against you, right? Trying to kill you, maim you, rape you, kidnap you. That's what the gun is for. But I would suggest that all the lesser little insults that happen in life or, or inconsiderations or rudeness or line cutting, if you're walking around with a gun, can you really afford to get into those confrontations? I mean, is it prudent to do that? Is Are you balancing the risks in a rational way? Could you be putting yourself in a position where you might have to shoot somebody because you wanted to yell at them for cutting in line? Uh, again i'm not telling you to chastise people engaged in you know bad social behavior but think it through my friends because even though you have that gun that doesn't that doesn't even mean you win the physical fight that other dude could have a gun that other dude's brother-in-law could be the next car in line waiting to gas up and he steps out of his car he's going to help the driver in black clothes here now now you got a real problem <clears throat> So just because you have a gun doesn't even mean you, you win the physical fight. You can, there's always a greater than zero chance of losing the physical fight. No, no one's immune from harm. And there's never a 0% risk of winning the legal fight, even if you do everything right. Even if you read my book, take my courses. Folks, there's noise in the system. What we help you do at Law Self-Defense is get the risk, the legal risk, as close to zero as possible. We can make you really hard to convict. But nobody's impossible to convict. And I don't care how innocent you actually are. Innocent people get convicted all the time. So the way I would encourage you to think about it is before you get into a heated confrontation, even a heated verbal confrontation with someone, realize the moment you do that, you're incurring a greater than risk of dying in a fight or having to kill someone and then facing a greater than zero risk of spending the rest of your life in prison. And what's worth that? All right. I'm not sure I have much else to add here. Let me take a look at the um, at the questions from the Law of Self Defense members. By the way, um, a new policy here at Law of Self Defense. When we get to the Law of Self Defense, um, so we only address questions and comments from the Law of Self Defense members who are watching this on their member dashboard, where there's a separate chat function for questions, comments, interaction amongst the members. We don't consider um, anything you're typing into YouTube or Twitter or Rumble. I, I don't even look at it. Um, and our new policy here at Law of Self Defense is when we get to the Q and A section of each show, where I look at the questions and comments, uh, we um, we continue the show for the members, of course, but we end the show for the public stream. So it becomes it transforms into a members only show. Again. Very easy to be a member, just 99 cents. If you did it right now, open up another tab in your browser, 99 cents at lawofselfdefense.com slash trial, get an instant email showing you how to join the rest of the show today. And of course, all our, our members only platinum show tomorrow and so forth. Lawofselfdefense.com slash trial. But what all this means for all of you on YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter is that this is the end of the show for you. So, YouTube, it's been great. Talk to you all again very soon. And Twitter, I wish you all adieu. And finally, Rumble. Now, all that's left is us law self defense members. Um, And folks, I'm going to, for the benefit of our editors, I'm going to play the, uh, the exit music uh, for the show. Don't go anywhere. The show's not actually ending. Okay. So just hang on 10 seconds. Be right back.